Afternoon, everyone. Thank you very well. I'm saying afternoon. It could be any time wherever you're listening to. So, welcome back to another episode of It's a Bames Life. And today, I've got a very special guest with me, a very enthusiastic young man, very passionate. If you've heard him speak, you'll know who he is. I'll let him introduce himself because I can do you no justice, to be honest. So, take it away. Thank you, thank you. Uh, my name is D-Lox, a uh, 22-year-old black Jamaican male, born and bred in Bristol. I'm an artist, uh, recently turned activist and a uh, voice for the young people. Fantastic. And you know what? I've been listening to some of your music. It's good, you know. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, t- <laughs> um, I tend to be a bit subtle with my messages in regards to like black power and stuff. I don't say it outright. I kind of just drop a little nugget, so you have to listen for it. But I am... Um, I am trying to do my bit. <laughs> no, it's good because I like music that has like a message behind it, mm. you know, so I enjoy that, especially when I see that from within our black community because it's so important. And we have to remember that the whole Black Lives Matter thing was not um, like a moment yeah, or exactly. even, I don't even want to call it a movement. It's a demand for change. Mm. It needs you to know? be a way of life. It needs to be the new normal. Exactly. But we kind of need to move away a bit from the Black Lives Matter movement because they are really good because right now there's nothing really going on for us. So, so yeah. they have kind of served the purpose that they've needed to serve. But I was talking on the radio earlier today on Ujima with um, Jendai and yeah. um, we was basically saying how like Black Lives Matter is a very reactatory movement, like it's reactive. Um, I agree. So someone to die or, or some injustice to happen for the Black Lives Matter to come about, whereas now we need to go on the offense as a community and start making active um, movements and active entities to to be working constantly and tirelessly behind the scenes to better ourselves. I completely agree with you. I love the Black Lives Matter. I love that people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I agree with you. We can't react every time somebody dies. We need to prevent young people dying exactly. at the hands of things like police brutality, um, white supremacist and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the reason I wanted you to come on saying um, the Black Lives Matter movement is great, but we need to stop young black people dying, young black men, young black women dying, you know, mm-hmm. and we can't react every time somebody dies. We need to prevent it now. We need to stop the injustice that's happening yes. and just stop doing that. So I, I'm hoping that the Black Lives Matter movement will evolve as well, yeah. alongside with the rest of us. Because mm-hmm. um, I do feel like this is the first time that I can, I can almost taste the change. Yes, exactly. You know, like people are talking about it and not just talking about it, they're educating themselves about mm-hmm. it, both yeah. black and white. And that's what needs to happen. That's the main thing, education. It's kind of getting a knowledge of self and knowing because um, the education system at the moment 
is obviously it's it is deep rooted in white supremacy. White supremacy is in every faction of of society in yeah. and out of the UK across the world. Um, so it, it's really important that we kind of understand ourselves and know what we are standing for. And like before exactly. any, before any movement can come for change to actively be happen, we have to kind of like get into the correct mindset and mentality of being a unified one mind, one voice, one agenda force so that if someone is coming to try and give us something that's below our worth, we're not going to be susceptible to wanting to accept it. And that also comes back to kind of being self-reliant and self-determined in all things. So yeah. we, we have to move away from trying to ask our oppressor to stop oppressing us. We need to understand that there's a system of oppression in, pray, in place and it's up to us to build up our communities so we can form our own um, ways of life, um, different institutions, so we don't have to face the everyday microaggressions and racism that we face um, on a consistent basis. I completely agree with you. And like, the thing is, I think when people hear that, they almost think that we're just going to segregate ourselves. We're not segregating ourselves. We're doing exactly what white people did years ago was build their society. Exactly. We're now going to build our society alongside with yours we can still trade with you but we're going to come from a place of you can't give me less than what i actually am worth and what i'm actually giving you a hundred percent a hundred percent and it does come down to us being uh disciplined in our in our support for our black businesses and support and it is come down to our black businesses being um being up to standard and, and taking yeah. on criticism and being that what it says on the tin. I'm not trying to sell ourselves short because I'm tired of the excuses. Oh, the black businesses are not up to standard. No, you you go to stores like Chanel, whatever. People are looking at you like you can't even afford what you want to buy, and then yeah. your security's following you around the store 24/7. But you still go back there and spend your money. But you don't want to spend your money at your your brother's store and just give him a little bit of constructive criticism. And it's exactly. not just. It's not just it's not just the consumer's fault. It's the business's fault too. They need to take a look, good hard look at themselves and make sure that they are providing what they what they need to be providing to their community. I completely agree with you because um, I shop a lot in African stores anyway. And regardless, if if I find something in Superdrug, and then I go into an African store and it's there, I'm gonna go to the African store yeah. every other time. And I've done that with quite a lot of my products that I buy. So. For me, I personally only do my food, like food shop kind of in supermarkets. Yeah. Everything else tends to happen in African food stores and like African stores and things in and around, around me. The thing that I notice, um, and it makes me feel really bad when I walk into an African store and you see the shelf is overpacked, nearly hanging off and you think, my brother, seriously? No. You know, but this is where we need to come together because we do have carpenters within our society. We do have people who work in, you know, construction. We do have people that work in, um, what's it called, building planning and all that kind of stuff. So it's utilizing what we've already learned and actually bettering what because we've got the system. We just need to better it almost. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's so many like we kind of need to like look at it as not as not a it is a grand thing that we're trying to achieve, but it's not like we're starting with nothing. Like there's loads exactly. of people around, but they're just maybe a bit scattered and they're not in the correct mind state and they're not 
because they're really disheartened due to all the past years and whatever, whatever, whatever. So yes. it comes into the community building and knowing yourself. So it's about building a network of all the top quality businesses and, and maybe the, the ones that are struggling, they come together and maybe yeah. end up being joint owners of a, of a store. And like you said, there, there's, there's a limitation to what we can actually buy from our community. So it, it, it comes to the point where now we need to start investing in our community so then we can end up having our own black supermarket where everything exactly. is going and we don't end up having to go to these other places. And it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that we're going to completely stop shopping at other communities, but it means that we're putting our community first. Just sure, like exactly. Have, the Jews have done it. White people have done it. Every other ethnicity have done it. It's just the black people that, that are fair, falling behind. And it's, exactly. And it's a lot to do with, with the, with the um, genus, uh, the, what's it called? The generational trauma. The yeah. conditioning of the mind that we're nothing more like, is it's like going into school and the microaggressions you face in school. You don't really, you don't see yourself being anything else apart from just what you are already. So exactly, it, yeah, it, I completely it, agree. It, yeah, so it comes down to like the five main institutions that I, I've took upon myself to research in regards to like Marcus Garvey, um, the Black Panthers, Malcolm X, and Elijah yeah. Muhammad. All of their movements, they all had five main um, institutions that was essential for any community or nation to thrive yeah five that they um that they all included was education food medication medical care um clothing and um education medication clothing food and shelter yeah so these five institutions we need so we've got loads of shops we need we need like a supermarket now um, mm -hmm. We need to end up getting a shelter to take our homeless off the street and, and give them food and rehabilitate them. We need to hold after school clubs or Saturday schools, educating our, our, our children um, after being a long day of being miseducated and treated mm -hmm. in, in, in society. Yeah. We need to kind of give them the love and self-care and, and knowledge of self after schools or once a week or whatever. We need to have our own black hospitals because... Whether we're the most likely to die after childbirth, we're, we're, we're yeah. less likely to be given any medication or painkillers when we're going through traumatic experiences. Um, and you know, that really hits me hard when you say that because, um, so I work, my normal job, I work for a company and I do have private medical care. So mm -hmm. last year, I was really ill, didn't know what was wrong with me, went mm -hmm. to my GP as you normally do. GP yes. thought I was having an appendicitis he thought I was my appendix was going to burst oh, no. he sent me straight to um I won't name the hospital but he sent me straight to the NHS hospital mm. and would you believe that I was sat in the corridor for 14 hours what 14 hours no painkillers they actually thought that I was waiting on somebody else and I mean I was doubled over in pain now, after 14 hours, and I raised hell and I said, listen, like, I could be dying here. Like, somebody get on with it. Do you know what one of the nurses told me? She said, well, you do know that the NHS is free for you. And I said, it's not free. I pay for it. I have a job. I pay for this service. And I can't even be serviced. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I was given some paracetamol. They said, okay, it's not appendicitis. Um, you have something else we don't think is part of the pain here's some 
they even told me they didn't even actually prescribe me the medication they said it would be cheaper for you to buy it over the counter and I literally after about 17 to 20 hours of being in that hospital was sent on my way now the funny thing is a month later I decided to go through my private medical care Mm-hmm. they said okay it's definitely your appendicitis but you've got this and we need to remove it i was i was paralyzed from the pain oh my god and i actually had to have an operation and i was so mad that i pay for the nhs i pay for private medical care i'm paying for two services now m- private medical care in one way they're not looking at your color you're paying for a service therefore you're going to get the service so i'm glad that i had that but what happens if I was working in a menial job like retail and that same experience happened? Who knows where I would be today if I'd even be talking to you, you know what I mean? And I was really, really angry about that. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I am paying for a service, my hard They even have the audacity to send me a letter during like, you know, when it's time to do your taxes and they say, oh, you haven't paid enough tax. And I'm like, really? How does that work? Because I'm employed. I have a salary. Yeah. I'm not the one doing the maths. Yeah, exactly. You have the audacity to tell me you haven't paid enough. But then when I go to use the service, and I, I'm, and I kid you not, it's been 18 months later, yeah, and I have not used the NHS, not yeah. once. It's really horrible. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. But I've gone through a similar experience where I broke my hand and I was in the waiting room for about, nine hours until I was seen and my hand was literally broken and there was people that came in long after me and they they were going getting seen first and, yeah and it's it's, it's it's not nice to say but it's is racism yeah it's, so white they see a white person and they put them a priority because they identify with the right person it's not yeah. it's not fair it's not equal it's not you was here first you're going to be seen first it's yeah oh no you're black so you can deal with it or oh, no you're black so you, uh, our white guy is probably in more pain than you it's, yeah. it's really it's really cutthroat and really disrespectful and, and upsetting but yeah so I mean, and so many of us are paying our taxes so many of us are working more than one job exactly you and know and so, paying more so terrible as well because like we just get used to it like it's a part of our life like yeah this is our reality we we just we don't really know any being treated any other way and that's why I say we need to, it's important that you educate yourself on how life was before slavery, before yeah. white supremacy was, was, was in power, because it shows you that life is, there's a different way of life. And, and the way life is living now is not what it's supposed to be. It's a twisted exactly. and unfair version of how, the, how life should be. And it's, it's, it's upon ourselves to basically understand that, understand mm-hmm. that racism is institutional but it's also individual people who enforce it that's why if we have our own we won't have to go through that yeah then the people that are working in our own need to have the correct mindset and understand what it is they are doing why are they here why are they a part of this company so i was speaking with on the radio again earlier today with um, a gentleman called jazzy he's a similar man he's 24 years old a bit older than me And um, he, he was like, oh, it comes down to having a core, a um, code of conduct or a code of, or code of yeah. uh, ethics, i.e. like just knowing, having your core code to know that this is what our priorities and our, and our standards are and we will live by these is a way of life. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah it, it, it's really sad that we have to go through this but it's not it's not like our granddad hasn't gone through it or our great grandma haven't gone through it so it's, it's something that we've inherited and it's up to us to kind of kind of try and I, I do I do agree with you there and I'm I'm so proud and happy to be part of this generation because I've always been outspoken my mum even tells me I'm a bit too outspoken yeah. she's never close your mouth you always got to call out people who are wrong and the thing is um maybe it's where I went to school I went to a predominantly white school but I went to school in Ireland now historically Ireland and the blacks get on pretty well so I've never really felt uncomfortable in an all white space because I've never had to physically experience that because I was always you know we were always kind of one and in our school we used to do things like debate we would debate things that were happening in the news Mm. and we would stick to one side regardless of what and debate it like and that was so we were always taught to speak out and we were taught a lot more than what I see in the education system here in the UK I mean I once asked somebody about the um the Good Friday treatment the Good Friday treaty in Ireland you know oh yeah and she told me she had never heard of it now this person (laughs) it's basic yeah well, this is it. It's like one of the biggest things that happened between... It's, it's why um, Northern Ireland is part of the UK, basically. It was an agreement where they got those six counties in order for the Republic of Ireland to actually gain, you know, their democracy back and gain their power back. That's, and it's a huge thing. It's the reason why, um, you know, the civil war between them ended. But it's funny that you say you don't know that because that's a massive part of both British and Irish history. If you ask any Irish child, and I'm talking from probably about eight years old, because they will probably be in about, I don't know how the year, I always get confused with the school years in this country. They would be in like their two years to to them going to secondary school, kind of that kind of grade. Mm. So from that age, they start learning about the history. Okay. So you, if you ask any, any, Irish kid they will tell you they will even give you a better rundown of what I'm giving you yeah yeah. (laughs) you know what I mean like they will be able to quote things there are movies that have been made about it we watch those movies in in history even though some of them were gruesome yeah we watch those and we would do exams on those we would be asked questions we would make sure that we understood it because they wanted us to understand why we are the way we are today okay yeah, that's really cool. and and I find that that is missing in the UK mainly because they did a lot of bad things and they want to be seen as the saviors rather than the people who cause problems. Yeah, because they that. went around it's trying to take because my girlfriend, uh, Marche, she's a very um, uh, smart girl. She's really focused and passionate about education. So um, she's like she she said basically that the europeans they've they all have agreed on what their history is yeah and that's why it's so limited because in world war Two, i mean in history lesson mm. we don't learn about world war one world war one yeah. was the war to conquer africa and carve it all up that, yeah. that's what we don't learn we only learn about world war Two, what the jews did but we don't yeah. learn what happened before that which was 50 times worse than what hitler actually done because I think it was only 7 million Jews, but 50 million Africans were killed. So yeah. 
Jews got reparations, black people are still getting killed in the streets. Yeah. But, um, going back to my point about they've chosen what their history is. When it comes to us as a people, we're always battling and trying to say, no, I know more than you and I know more than you know, this is yeah. right. Instead of coming from a point of like, oh no, but did you know this where we're filling gaps in each other's knowledge because the story's so broken up that you're probably right and you're probably right, but because it's so muddled up, it's not there's, in the order. Yeah, there's, there's something in the middle that's actually missing to bring it all together bring anyway. Together, exactly. So that's, that's another thing of what, as a, as a community, what we need to agree on. Like, so we need to be ha- like a hive mind, like a hive mind and understand that we might not have everything right, but we agree on what we know so far and move forward with what we know and the hopes of eventually getting the full picture. And it yeah. does come down again to just educating yourself and having the correct mind state, mindset because like this might be offensive to um, some religious people, but Christianity is that was a religion that was beat into us. It wasn't it wasn't something that originated in our in our country. Like if you actually go back into the um, the the I'm speaking facts. I'm not saying speculating yeah. anything. I'm literally just saying facts because you can literally find it on Google as well. Yeah. So if you look into the Egyptian pharaohs history the story about Jesus was actually a story that they used to tell their, their kids. And then the, the Europeans came and took that as a religion and, and kind of turned it into what, what we know today and forcing it upon us as a people to kind of oppress us and keep us kind of uh, submissive and not reactive. Because if you look, they always say, oh, turn the other cheek. But if you look at it, like Jesus says, um, bring no harm to no man and don't let no man bring harm to you. Yeah. And in the, in, the, in the first testament, an eye for an eye, a two for a two. So it is, it's really just this new version of Christianity that they have beat into us and taught a lot of our African and Jamaican brothers and sisters that we are in this, we just have to kind of get on with it and yeah. just be okay with the position we're at, whether then, rather than taking back what rightfully is ours and, and understanding that sometimes you have to be violent for peace to come forward. But I'm not, I'm not saying go out and start killing people. I'm just saying that you need to defend yourself and defend your heritage, your people, your brothers and your sisters and understand that some, not, every, not everything is right and not everything is peaceful. Sometimes it does take violence to bring peace. I, I agree with you and um, some, something that I was saying to my auntie last week and I said the thing is um, and I'm not saying all white people what I will say is you know white supremacy and white privilege has oppressed us so much that we have had to when we're in the education system just to get to where our white counterparts are we have had to do 50 times more work and I said the only way we're going to break this cycle is using the intelligence that we've learned. We know their ways of life because it's been forced upon us. Yeah. And we just have to turn that around and say, okay, this is your way of life. This is where the cracks are. And this is what we're going to do to, to stop it. And once we get into that crack, they will have literally no, they, there's nowhere to go because we already know what your plan is. Exactly. Because exactly. your culture has been 
put onto us. We've had to adjust. We've had to make our blackness palatable for mm. our white counterparts, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous that girls feel uncomfortable with getting their hair done because Judy's going to touch it, you know? Exactly. Don't touch my hair. You don't touch Hannah's hair. Don't touch my hair. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, just have decency and respect for other people. And I always tell people, put it into perspective. If you wouldn't want this to happen to you, why, in God's name, would you do it to somebody else? It's Why are you that. okay with it happening to somebody else? Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Because um, yeah, a lot of them are. It's just dis- desensitized from it. But I feel like now it's it's so at the forefront of consciousness, and it's a, a paradigm shift in in a way of thinking and 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 a state of consciousness and being that now it's it's not being ignored and people are taking it upon themselves. But this is where I said in my speech is like the white people that want to fight the good fight, you can fight for us, but not with us because your fight is a different fight to our fight. Our fight is to build our community, our respect, love, economic power, political power, and build that up to the same standard that that the oppressors are. And your your fight is to tackle the the racist people that are running the country, having these things, enforcing these things, and challenging them throwing them in prison, breaking them down, stop supporting the businesses that you know are doing bad. And yeah. that, that is what your fight is not to go out and march with us because your pain is not our pain. I mean, exactly. our pain is not the same pain as your pain. You don't ever have to see a white man getting shot because he's just white. Yeah. You don't ever see a white man getting kneeled in his neck by a, by a black man for nine minutes. Yeah, so like we were saying, we need to build up our system. And also, I truly believe that racism needs to stop within the black community as well. We need to stop this, you know, I'm from Africa, you're from Jamaica, I'm from Ghana, you're from Nigeria, who cares, Ghana, Jalof, all these silly things that we argue about that really have no meaning. This is really yeah. what is the problem because they, that is, that, if you look at the Willie Lynch theory or the Willie Lynch yeah. book, it is a it was basically the system system to basically control your slave for three hundred years plus. It's been four hundred and sixty one years, and we're still in the same position. So let me kind of expand on that. So in the yeah. Willie Lynch book, he um, he said it was essential for you to pit find the differences between your people and 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 pit them against each other. So yeah. that's age, um, complexion, um, location. Um, now, now it's sexuality, because um, that's a new factor that's coming to the forefront of society. Sorry, my. That's all right. Sorry. Um, all of our differences to kind of pit us against each other and keep us divided, because they know that we, if we're unified, then we're the most dangerous force on this planet. Yeah. So it is really important that coming back to the mindset and understanding your purpose is by putting your blackness first. So yeah. I am bl- I am I am Jamaican but I am black first. Exactly. I'm African but I am black first. Black first, yeah. I am Christian but I am black first. I am Muslim but I am black first. I am gay but I'm black first. I'm straight but I'm black first. That's what it needs to be. Exactly. We have that unity and that strong root mindset, nothing will be able to to infiltrate us, tear us down, or destroy us. Because a lot of the time when there is a conflict is because someone has an ulterior motive. Exactly. And, um, I was speaking on the radio again earlier today, 
and Jazzy, he was saying that a lot of the time, whenever we have a, whenever we have a organization or a movement for us, it gets hijacked by another group. So, for example, um, the Black Lives Matter movement get, is kind of like infiltrated by the LBGT community in America, and then now they've got like three or four laws passed in the past three, five years to protect them, whereas we're still in exactly the same position we were as in 300 years ago. And then and when it comes to the um, civil rights movement, it was for black people, but then they included immigrants, um, Latinos and whatever, and then they kind of turned it into a woman rights movement, whereas they looked at how um, the white woman in America was not happy with how they were being treated by the white men. So to, to counteract that, the white man decided to tell the black woman that the black man is not treating them correctly, where in reality, we are fundamentally different. Our cultures are so different and we was working in harmony. We knew that a man had a man's job and the woman had a woman's job. And that is how we elevated and became the kings and queens and had the society we had. But then we've kind of lost that and thought that we're meant to conform to their way of life, knowing that, not knowing that we are fundamentally different people and creatures. We're all humans, but the way we function is different, and the way we have peace is different. So yeah, and I agree to you as as a as an example to live. Yeah, and I agree with you to an extent. And I mean, obviously, as a woman, I absolutely love the fact that we have women's rights. I love the fact that the LGBTQ community is protected because I'm part of that as well. Being you know a queer woman of color, how and. The thing is, you can evolve as a person, you can evolve as a nation and say, yeah, we actually, I agree, women do have the right to go out and do these jobs and men have the right to go out and do these jobs. And we are fundamentally different. Culturally, we're, fun- we're different. I, for one, there are parts of my culture that I will say need to be completely abolished because they're barbaric. They're not favorable to women or men or anything like that. So I do stand my ground with things like that. but. You know, I feel like what we should have been doing is looking at what they were doing for their people and saying, okay, this is what we should be doing for our people. We need to create an equal society for our people. And that's one thing that I really do hold against the LGBT, the Black Lives Matter movement, because when I see things like trans black trans people being killed they don't step out they don't talk about it and i feel like you cannot say you are for black lives but then discriminate against certain black lives that person who is trans is still a black person at the end of that day that that is still a life that we have lost within our community and we have to stand completely united as one women children trans pansexual whatever you are at the end of the day you're black if anybody asks me where you know what is your nationality i will always say i'm black irish because i'm black before anything else exactly you know i may have been raised in ireland but i'm black i'm not white i will never be white it's not possible (laughs) do you know what i mean it's physically never going to happen you know white people can tan for the summer i can't i that doesn't happen we've got our tan on exactly but um, I'm not trying to, um, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that they should not have no rights. I'm not saying that women shouldn't be able to do that, what they want to do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm completely happy that there's protection there for the people that need it. But what I'm trying to say is that the, it's getting broken down and divided, forgetting the yeah. core 
message because the one thing we all have in common is our skin complexion exactly yeah and i agree with you on that and that is the one thing that we are all oppressed by because you'll look at it like this a a a white gay man will not get lynched a black gay man will get lynched a black straight man will get lynched exactly what is the common thing black black yeah, that, and I agree with you. And that, that's the, what annoys me with Black Lives Matter is that when it's somebody from the LGBTQ community, they're not on it. They don't react. They don't come out. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they're starting to come out a little bit because there's more people, obviously, within that organisation that are saying, no, this is wrong. But when they first started, they were not there for the LGBTQ community. And that's what I don't like. And I, I feel like, but I do feel like we're in a different space in 2020. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm saying, is that I can feel the change yeah. a lot more than when we I don't, marched. I feel like it should be discriminatory regardless if you're... Tra- I don't think it should matter if you're trans or straight. You don't, exactly. It, it doesn't, that doesn't need to be the defining factor of why you are defending someone. The why exactly. you're defending someone is because it is unjust mm. and it's because of their colour. That is what needs... That's what the message and the core focus needs to be whenever we have a movement or we're moving forward, is that... If you are black, then we are, we adopt you. We take exactly. care of you. We are protecting you. That is the core focus. But then it, it comes to the sticky situation where a lot of the time, no offense to you or anything, but a lot of the time, um, it want, the, the movement wants to get made about them or about, the, about a woman or about being gay or about being trans. It's like, why, why is it a black trans lives matter? Why is it not just black lives matter? Like, you see, you see the disconnect and yeah. how, how it causes friction and ends up dividing us. Like I'm trying I, to I, and I and I see where you're where you're going with that, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, being mm-hmm. part of that, the reason why there is a disconnect is because when when you're part of the LGBTQ community, for us, we see it as we're black. That's it, you know. So if if you get if something happened to you, I'd be on that case, and I would be making sure that. I'm saving you irrespective of whatever your sexuality is. The problem we then had was that when it was one of us, nothing was getting done. And it was like, hang on a minute. We're all, we're all black. Why does the fact that I am not straight mean that you're not going to stand up for me? Mm. Cause I'm going to do it for you. And that's, and that's where I think it's changing now. Yeah, it's changing it's really from. It's strange that we have two different perspectives because I'm not a part of the community, and from what I see, I see is that they are like they are doing what you say they're not doing, but then obviously you're from the community, so you're seeing a completely different, uh, yeah, have a completely different perspective of it. Because in my eyes, it, I, it to me it seems like they are like you guys, your community is involved, and you are being um, pushed up and and raised up and protected and whatever. So it's really kind of shocking and surprising to hear that that's not what has been the case and but i think that is coming from and unfortunately our previous generations because they were taught that you know being lgbt in any sense of the word was wrong and that kind of and i the reason i keep saying that there is a change is that our society today doesn't look at that Mm. you know our society is all about you're black, you're black, you're oppressed, we're in this together and we're gonna get out of it together. 
you know, we have a blanket cover for each other. We're still, but then there are still people up there, particularly more so in America than here, I would say. In the UK, we're pretty good for it. We're not really, I mean, I asked my 15 year old sister, do you have any trans friends? And she goes, oh yeah, I've got two or three. And I said, what did you say when, you know, they were transitioning? She was like, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like we don't see it. Mm. You know, okay, you're a male now, cool. Exactly. Do you, want, do, you, do you want to come and play FIFA? Like we don't look at it that way. Exactly. It's 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 your internal struggle and your internal change which you are changing. So I don't feel like a lot of the time it does become to a point where because you feel so oppressed, you kind of not you in particular. I'm just talking yeah. about that community. Just from my personal experience interacting with them, I'm not saying all of them are like this, but I'm just saying a lot of the time they feel like they need to kind of push it in your face and force it onto you, whereas it's like. If you didn't tell me, I wouldn't have really cared or, or noticed or anything anyway. So you telling me that doesn't make any difference to, to how I'm going to go about my day, you know? Yeah. And I completely see that. And that's probably because you don't see it as an issue. Mm. Whereas if you have somebody who does see it as an issue, like some people will ask me, so are you straight? And I'm like, first of all, when we introduce each other, like when we introduce each other neither neither of us mentioned whether we were straight or gay because that was irrelevant to the question to the question exactly. at hand because it doesn't matter whereas there are times where i will walk into a space and people will say so what are you and i'm like okay yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. and i think there are people out there who are pushing it in your face because they are frustrated it is it goes back again to the black lives matter is that you know black lives matter or black lives matter yeah. and when you've been so when you are a minority within a minority mm. that's double oppression already mm-hmm. you know now you're being cast aside for being black you're being cast aside for being gay mm-hmm. and then let's add that you have a darker skin shade than Exactly. Your other brother, and so then you've got colorism on top of it. Exactly. And some people, they do get really frustrated, and then any chance they get, they will just blow up and be like, "I'm gay. That's it. You can't change it." Before you say anything, and I get that frustration because I've been there, mm. and maybe it's because that I just live. I'm, I mean, also growing up in Ireland, it was predominantly a Christian country. Mm. And I was one of the first people, I remember turning 18 and voting for gay rights. And that was huge. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, and that was a very marginal vote, mind. It was a couple more votes and it would have swung the other way. Like, we fought for that, you know? It's a very conservative country when it comes to that. They're very welcoming. But they've also been taught by religion that this is not right. And now we're starting to challenge that and actually showing that that's not what the Bible says, you know, as somebody who is a Christian and we we got enough people to get the vote. So when you are a minority within a minority within a minority, you just get fed up. (laughs) You just think, you know what, I'm done. I'm not even going to hear it from you today. Before you say anything, this is me. I'm proud of it. Whatever, whatever. And I'm glad that we are now focusing more on all Black Lives Matter. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I use on my social media rather than just Black Lives Matter. And, yeah. But then you see other trending like 
trans black trans lives matter and it shouldn't be like that it should be just creates the divide and exactly furthers furthers it even more but it's really refreshing to have someone from your community that speak that has these type of views because i've yet to come across someone that does kind of articulate it and have the same kind of view as you which which is refreshing and it's it's nice to know that it's not going to be an impossible task because if someone like you can can understand both points and, and and understand that not always everything is is needed to be separate or segregated or 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 promoted it's just that if we get the underlying connection of the oppression that we all suffer as the forefront and and we don't discriminate against anything um within our community then that's where our power is going to come from exactly and you know what as, as someone I, does have an opposing opinion um, in regards to it, like everyone is entitled to their opinion, but as long as it's not being enforced or um, no one's being oppressed or or marginalised, then I don't see why why it's a problem for someone to to not have exactly the same view or opinion as somebody else. Yeah, well, the fact is, we will never ever have you know a nation that one hundred percent agrees on everything. That's just that's nature. It can't yeah. happen. You know, we're not built in that way. Mm. Um, we need enough people to make sure good things happen. And, and we're getting there. We're getting there, which is really important. Mm. And I think as long as, especially our generation, we stick to we're all in this together, yeah. then going forward, we're not even going to have the issue of Black trans lives matter, exactly. Black queer people's lives matter. It's just going to be Black lives matter. And that's going to be it. Yeah, and eventually we won't even need to have the Black Lives Matter because we because would have gone there. Will eventually matter, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all lives will eventually matter, and the same way that we are saying to our people, people who have white privilege, go and educate yourself. That's the same thing I'm saying to people who don't like the idea of being gay. Go and educate yourself and find out how how this happens, and then you'll realize and. The funny thing is, if you go back way, way, way back in time in history, before we were ever colonized, homosexuality was a thing in Africa. It was normal. It didn't have a name. We were then brought the Bible, told by the Christians, you can't do this, blah, 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 it's wrong. Like you rightly said at the beginning, we were then forced into that religion. And that was the way they broke it down. They, they broke us down by te- stopping what we believed and making us adopt what they believed. Mm. But then they left, evolved, realized that actually we've probably been teaching this wrong. But who cares about them? They don't need to know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and cracked on. And we were left there like, okay, we don't agree with you because that's, this is what we've been taught. You know, and those things are handed down. Like you said, the story of Jesus is a story that used to be told. Yeah. And whether or not it's true or not, I like to think there's some sort of higher power that's guiding me. Because no, hundred percent. Don't don't. <laughs> Sometimes I'm thinking, Lord, somebody needs to watch me because. Yeah. Because like, if you like, we didn't have religion. We had a spirituality. We 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 understood how the world worked. We understood um, the Trinity. We understood it took it took light and dark for for life to exist we understood it. it took the sun and the moon and the earth for us to live so 
we was very spiritual and we knew that there was a source of, of supreme ruling, but the, the fact that we had a very deep connection with our ancestors, that we used our ancestors to connect with the higher power that be. So that, that essentially got wiped out and where we drew a lot of our power from basically got overcome and, and taken. Yeah. And you know what's the funny thing is, um, when I look at Christianity, they're praying to their ancestors. Is it? Yeah. I mean, if you think about St. Patrick, St. Mary, those are all people who have apparently lived. Yeah. And that's what our, ance- our ancestors were once on this planet. Yeah, exactly. And we are now praying to them for guidance. Mm-hmm. And somehow they've managed to Take coerce us and tell us, you can't pray to your ancestors, that's completely against it. Exactly. But here we are with the rosary bead <laughs> saying Hail Marys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Praying to their ancestors who don't know me. Exactly. Exactly. You don't know me from Adam. So I truly, I pray to my ancestors. That's, you know, it's a cultural thing. My granddad does it. Mm. You know, when I go and see him, that's that's normal, and that's and I don't believe that I'm breaking my Christianity by doing that because those are my ancestors. They are there to protect me exactly. for every life that life that is lost in my family. That is another angel. That's another ancestor that exactly. is protecting over my life. Exactly. Exactly. And there, are, you know, there are still quotes that my great grandmother used to say that I still say to today when anything happens because that's how ingrained it is in me mm-hmm. and i'll be in a mood and i'll be wanting to do something and i'll just it's like she's talking to me she'll just yeah. say something and i'm like this woman though let me just calm, <laughs> let me just calm down you know <laughs> uh, but even when things happen the first thing my family will tell you is that's what we used to call used to say and then she they will say what she used to say oh wow and we'll be just like you know what let me just let me just chill and let these people run their madness exactly you know and that's me praying to my ancestors i will say her name before i'm going to bed you know protect me that's part of my Christianity because I'm praying to my, I'm not praying to Hail Mary. I don't know Hail Mary. Me <laughs> ain't got business. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when you say it like that, it makes it so much sense. But a lot of people might think of it as being blasphemous or whatever, but it's not. Exactly. It's like. That's what we were taught. Mm. We were taught that. Yeah. I don't believe in worshipping idol things 100%. That's blasphemy in my eyes. Mm. But my ancestors, that's not. They're people who live. They're people with. And they're now with. They're now with God. So exactly. That's the thing. Same way, Saint Patrick is up there, chilling with his man. So is my auntie. So is my nan. So is my great granddad. hundred. You know. hundred. I agree with. And that. it's funny that you've mentioned that because there will be a topic about that during Black Pride this year when we do that, and we're doing it virtually, obviously, because lockdown ain't letting us go nowhere where we're going to have loads of people and that's going to be one of the topics we'll be discussing is you know christianity and speaking to the ancestors is it actually wrong my belief is it isn't so i would like to see the opposing side to that to tell me why it is but um the hard thing as well when you try to debate with like really hardcore christians is like you can't you can't debate with them (laughs) You can't. There's like no wiggle room, no opportunity to like kind of even get your point across because they're so set in their ways that they don't see anything else. But they forget that 
this the religion they're following so 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 deeply is only two thousand years old, whereas we was we was talking to our ancestors sixty million years ago. Exactly, you know, and also the Bible can be interpreted in many many different ways. Is what I always tell people. Exactly. Um, and usually that's how I that's how I get them back because, especially being a a gay you know a queer woman. The first thing is people like to bring the Bible. So I've I've read the Bible. I've I've read it and read it and read. It. I said, if this thing is not right, I've tried to not be gay. I'm like, you know, get rid of it if this is the case, and it's not in there, you know. And it's really funny because um, I was listening to somebody not so long ago who is Muslim, practicing yeah. Muslim, gay man, and he said he read the Quran. I mean, he read it from top to bottom, back to front, multiple times, different languages, doesn't say anything about being gay. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, the thing is, it's almost like somebody else who, you know, created it, didn't like the idea of men and men being together, women and women being together, because it ruins the patriarchy, effectively, and then said, yeah, this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how it's been adopted. So that's usually how I go about that. But um, the thing, I loved your speech when we were at Bristol, when we were at the um, um, Black Lives Matter March. I absolutely loved it. I loved how authentic it was. It was definitely one of the speeches that hit me to my core. Because mm -hmm. you said, you know, I can't remember the words you said, but you said something like, we come in peace, but in the yeah. face of violence, I yeah. will not. Peace is the way forward, but in the face of violence, I will not respond with peace. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that because actually we're asking for this in a very peaceful way. But if you come at us with force, then we're going to have to use force because we're not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, just kill another couple of people. We'll just, you know, do a night vigil for them. It's not possible. You know, we need to stop it's not, that. It's not happening anymore. We've had enough. Yeah. It's not happening. If is if if the judicial system's not going to give consequences then the consequences are going to come event in, in their own way basically so i completely it's, agree we deal with it or we deal with it because we, we've yeah. tried to let you deal with it for so long and and it's not working and, yeah. and what a lot of people don't realize is that police policing came from slave catchers they yeah. di they correctly they directly converted from slave catchers to policing and you think that that's not a problem. I completely agree with you. And even when I see the videos of people, you know, being stopped and searched, I've been stopped and searched. Mm. And they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, I've clearly got my lanyard that says the name of my company. Like, where else do you think I'm going? It's eight o'clock in the morning. Mm. I'm hardly selling drugs at this time. I can, <laughs> I'm barely awake. <laughs> you know, if I could be in bed and not be out here, then that would be the option. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I can come back from working from home after this. I quite like rolling out of bed 10 minutes before my shift. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. But, you know, it's really irritating that we're being stopped and searched for nothing. And then people are being handcuffed. I've seen, I work in banking and I've heard of bank managers who are handcuffed on their way to work. Blank, black bank managers being said, you know, you are being arrested for 
suspicion of drugs or suspicion of, and this is a bank manager. What they don't realize is that person has worked so, because we have to work so hard to what we are breaking barriers within that so that we can show other people that yes you can do this mm. that kind of a negative connotation next to your name that's not good mm. even if you didn't do it your employer is then going to look at you a bit funny going oh there must have been a reason that they stopped you to yeah. think that you that you had firearms because there was a story of a black bank manager in london in two years ago it was 26 26 month long case where he was just randomly got stopped, said he had yeah. possession of firearms. Um, he was a bank manager, went on for 26 months, and then he, he's no longer a bank manager, and his, his hopes of becoming a franchise guy of, like, the tyre's next step is gone now. Yeah. So now he's suing the, the London Met for um, damages because they basically destroyed his life's work. Exactly, and, you know, I can, I can tell you from first-hand experience it's, it takes a long time to get to bank manager. Mm. Even if you're white, it takes a long time. So imagine if you're black on top of that. It takes even longer. Mm. I mean, in the Bristol area, I know of one black bank manager in the bank that I've worked in. He no longer is a bank manager. He's moved on from that. Mm. Um, I was one of the very first blank, black banking consultants they ever had in the Bristol area. Mm. I've moved on from that. But my God, it took a lot of work. Yeah. It took a lot of work to get to where I am today. And I'm not even where I would like to be. So for me, when I get stopped and searched, I am worried because you could potentially ruin everything that I'm working for. You could drain my, I mean, I've been to uni. I've done everything. I've been in the banking world now for probably about almost close to 10 years. So imagine 10 years worth of work just going down the drain. Your uni degree, everything is just gone. And the thing is, once you lose your job in a bank and what people don't realise is you can get blacklisted, which means you can't work for the financial services again. Oh my God. Not even as an independent financial advisor. Oh my so God. I completely feel his pain because yeah. I saw that one as well. And it's, it's so irritating that things would happen. Yet you hear of people, you know, whose husband tried to get him to rob the bank and they got a slap on the wrist and they can just carry on. Exactly. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It is. It it's is. white privilege again, which is just something that white people need to use as a, for our advantage, really. Yeah, because they've already got it. Exactly. And they need to use it um, correctly. But for yourself, what do you think is going to be the next steps going forward now what are you working on so right now everyone's educating themselves and learning so that's the really the first step so now the next step after that where, where once like-minded people understand their mission their goal their core values etc etc is where now we make like a network of all the black businesses so every profession we have like a kind of like a yellow pages of um plumbers, electricians, engineers, uh, artists, um, teachers, doctors, store owners, um, hair shop ladies, everything. Have a nice little network of those so then we can start um, basically whenever we need something done, we can buy black, spend black, um, keep the money in our community. Um, and then hopefully the next step, once these businesses end up 
getting a bit more elevated, more recognized, have a bit more money going through, we can end up buying the shares and stocks in these companies, allowing them to grow even further and start owning the infrastructure around the businesses that allow them to run. So for example, if you're a shopman, um, where we now own our warehouse where all the goods are coming in from a black man um, and then all the employees are black, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then start having our own little circular um, operations running, which is entirely black owned. Um, yeah. And and then um, then we can start looking at being able to fund teachers to educate our kids and have our own private schools for kids to teach the correct way, like teach the correct five sciences of like farming, um, um, business science, um, all all the main the main things that you essential for you to live. Um, you know what I think the education system needs to have that anyway because as somebody who works in banking I've gone into schools and taught kids basic banking what it means to have you'd be surprised how many kids in their A levels don't know the difference between a credit card and a debit card and they're expected to go to uni next year exactly yeah and get a degree in I don't know architect but they don't know the difference but between that, 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 that education is 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 passed down from the family so that is taught in-house yeah school, you're taught to be an employee you're not taught to be an entrepreneur so it's up to us to kind of start doing that in-house now and then once we, we can't really it's, it's there it's, it's the european school system we're not going to be able to infiltrate it how we want it so we need to start our own and educating start our own schools and educate our children on the correct history the correct um, business knowledge, correct banking knowledge, um, just just the five main, I, I, all of them escape me right now, but there's five main sciences. Yeah. Um, you can look up Dr. Umar Johnson. He's an American man who's bought his first ever school now um, where he's basically putting this into practice where it should start in um, this summer, if not next year. Um, mm. So Dr. Umar Johnson is the name. He's a very um, inspirational man. He's a hero of mine um, who, who's living today. Um, and he's really kind of inspired me and given me the 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 power and the, the courage to start doing what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, what what I really essentially want to do is have like a, um similar to Marcus Garvey, is um create an organisation where it has different sectors. So it has all the businesses sectors. It has political sector. It has a social sector. It has an education sector. It has all these sectors, but it's all under one company. So it's mm. like basically a nation within within the nation. The so nation. it could be like a united black nation where it's within the Euro- Europe, but then it, it or re- within Bristol, then it expands to the Southwest, then London, then Birmingham, yeah. or the UK. Then we can start working and trying to get reparations for for Africa and take out the colonial bodies that are oppressing our people and benefiting from the state of Africa at the moment. So there's yeah, a lot of- It's so sad that in 2020, you have places like the Congo still paying for their independence. Exactly. exactly. And every time, you know, France decides they're going to do something, if they want to do it in the Congo, they, they don't really have a say. I mean, they say they're independent, but they're not. And that really annoys me. That's what we have to do, but we can't be asking for reparations from a position of weakness we need to exactly. be in a position of power so you see once we get to the stage where we have our infrastructures and industries in in our country then we need to start purchasing land in africa yeah acorn's basically done starting the blueprint of it he's got his own city in in, in the construction being made now so 
once we start doing in small. I find that hilarious, you know. Akon's gone and built, like, I know he built a school a couple of years ago out of his own pocket, mm-hmm. and we're still paying charities for fresh water. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's because it's not, the, char- the charities is not to help us is to give the illusion of help so then we don't actually do anything ourselves yeah that's that's what it's for there if you actually get a, a private investigator to look up the funds of what these charities are doing they will be all thrown in prison yeah a lot of them and i it's hard because there are people who are obviously in that in that sector who want to do good who have unfortunately just misled. they're not in the yeah they're, they're misled they're not in the position of power to actually make the changes they can only do what what they can do like you know I, I work with a lot of charities anyway a lot of smaller charities so I know what the ins and outs of it which is good so I would be able to say I'm not feeling what you're about to do here you know I'm um if this is your plan I'm about to out you I have no <laughs> problem doing that I've always said that I'll out you publicly on my platform I don't care yeah. no, so I... you know they know where they stand but we you know, that's coming from a place where I've worked to get to that point. So I, I'm coming from a place where they know if she does that, we're screwed. Exactly. So they have to, you know, be mindful and make sure what they're doing is for the right reasons. Well, and if this, I'm, this comes back to self-determination. Like, we don't need an outsourced charity. We just need to be left the hell alone so we can <laughs> do it ourselves. Because if we was left alone in five, ten years, we, we would be thriving. We, yeah. like, we need to take back our power and understand that we're not asking for, you did not pay for, to come into our land and exactly. do what you're doing. So really and truly, you owe us anyway for us to even consider trading with you. Once yeah. we get back our, we have all the wealth and all those resources. So we don't need you. You need us. So in reality, you need to be we need to be taxing you and putting sanctions on you. But very, again, very we true. We need to be in a position of power in order to do that. And the UK, thankfully being born here, we have the, the education and the resources to actually exactly. get it done. So America right now, they're so corrupt. They're, they're not taught correctly. Their education is thousands times worse than ours. Um, they don't have the, 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 the aid, the, the medical care to, do, to actually get themselves off the ground whereas here we we are actually a lot more intelligent and have the resources to get things done so yeah it comes from a place of once we do it locally we can do it nationally once we 100%. do it nationally we can do it globally and take back what is rightfully ours i completely agree with you and even on that point not even just like the uk i mean if we look at the whole coronavirus pandemic the countries who have suffered the most is America and the UK. And then within that, you have the BAME community. And then on top of that, you then have that the black man is going to die more so than anybody else. If we take somewhere as small as Ireland, right, they have not had 10% of the, the people that have been ill from it. Guess how many people have died who are black? Two. Too. and that's that that's partly down to well and just basically just the the i'm, I'm pretty sure ireland's probably not as bad as here oh no 
here they kind of just dress it up like they're all fine and whatever but in reality they're just as bad as america exactly from what you've told me today i feel like ireland is nowhere near as bad they might still have their own problems but 100 percent. you know i could never sit here and tell you that there's no racism or i face absolutely no racism in growing up and I, I did we were the first black family down south in 1999 what? they never seen our black people before i had kids calling me monkey yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean because that was the only thing they had to to relate me to but they have grown so much from the moment they got their independence. They said, fuck the British. Yeah. We're doing this on our own terms. And even like when the whole Brexit thing came up, they caused war. They said, nah, we've got, we've got, you know, written agreements. I don't care if that man's dead. It's a written agreement. Mm. Screw it up. And we're coming for you. Simple yeah. as. Yeah. Do you know, and that's what we need as well as a nation. Yeah, but we we can't. We don't even own our own country, so we we don't have the same power. We don't. We don't. Yeah, we, and we, also we need Africa, to get our corrupt leaders out of Africa. Yeah, hundred percent. Because if Africa, for example, had nukes now, do you really think a black man would be able to be killed in America and no consequences? They would just give a call and be like, "Yo, if you don't sort out your people, then then something's coming for your ass right now." So exactly, it comes to a point where people end up having very kind of narrow-minded vision for for end goal thinking that either inclusion is the end goal or just being able to to thrive is the end goal no the freedom of our continent is the end goal end goal exactly and that's what we have to keep in mind irrespective of everything we are black before everything else we do have our own country we've got multitudes of our own country we just need to be left alone to run them properly. Exactly. We need to get rid of those people that are in there running there. I mean, some of the stuff that I hear on the news when I watch Nigeria, I just think these people are really my people then. Really my people. That's I'll give I'm you something to laugh. I'll give you something to laugh about. The UN gave the north of Nigeria money to build an isolation center, yeah? A news reporter went in a couple of weeks later. Some of the beds hadn't even been made. There's no bags, nobody's staying there, right? He video records it. It's about three hours long. How It takes three hours to get from one end to the other end. So they then asked the governor in the north, what's, what's going on? There's nobody in the isolation centre. Do you know what he said? He said, oh, yes, the day that man came to record, all the patients were on a safari trip. I said, wow, safari trip. Oh, it hurts my head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, really, really? Are we really going to do this right now? There are people dying. Our people are dying here in Europe, and you want to kill them as well over there? Mm. Be serious with yourself, man. And he looked dead straight into the camera and said that. Yeah, That's they were a on a safari trip. As if COVID patients are going on a safari trip. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And that's what we need to stop. Is we need to that's stop what, the racism. happens when you're desperate. When you're desperate, you just want to look after your family and yourself. So you kind of sell everyone out. But that's where the unity and the, the knowing works. Exactly. And putting your, 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 your um, community above everything else is... Yeah, and that's why I say we've got the knowledge, this generation, we have got the knowledge up to, to actually infiltrate it now. 
it's up to us to kind of set up these institutions and these plans ready for our children to take over and, and run with it really exactly i don't want my younger siblings having to protest again in 10 years saying black lives matter and having the same conversation that we're having now we yeah. should be moving forward and saying gosh back in 2020 although we were in the midst of something we they started an amazing thing and then they just carry it on and from there we will be like china and other places no we're, nobody's we're do it. there's no if or hope we're gonna do it it's gonna get yeah 100 percent in its own time it's, and now the, the stars have aligned for us to 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 basically get the work done now no more we in the 60s and 70s we had our temper tantrum we mashed them up we did what we had to do now we're intelligent enough to attack them where it really hurts yeah exactly any last thing you want to say to the listeners before we end it there because we could probably go on for ages exactly it's a continuous conversation that's going to go for years to come but what i would say is um thank you for having me on today i really appreciate it um my name is d locks you can find me on instagram d e l o c x um follow me there because i'll keep you up to date with all the community building in bristol and then eventually southwest england etc so follow me up um i'm gonna be on a zoom call monday at 4 p.m with an african assembly that's basically a um fraction of what i hope that will become a part of the bigger organization um it's called the african assembly with a k instead of a c um you can email them to be a part of the zoom meeting on monday oh but this ain't going to be up by then is it yeah but still it'll probably be recorded anyway so people could probably watch it back anyway yeah so you can email them so african assembly at gmail.com email them if you want to get involved personally but follow me on instagram if you just want to watch the journey and and eventually get a bit more information to join later on but yeah man god bless you all and let's let's keep this fire burning exactly and bristol we've set we've set the pace now we've they're scared they're scared they're scared shaking (laughs) <laughs> and I am so proud to be part of the Bristol. Honestly, I'm so proud to be part of the Bristol community. And I, I said to my family, I said, this is the first time I can say the UK could probably be my home. Because I've always said, oh, I'm, I'm going back to Ireland. You lot are mad. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. lot are on a different, you lot are on crud in this place. I'm, I'm not safe. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, so I'm really proud um, to be Bristol. I'm proud that I was at that match. I'm so happy that I got to hear your speech and that we came together and it felt different. The vibe was different. And yeah, people, you need to follow this young man because he's doing amazing work. I'm completely behind you. you. Anytime you want to come on the platform and talk about something, holler at me. Yes. And it's there for you to talk. That's what this platform is for. It's there for people to talk no matter how small or how big it is, as long as it's for, you know, the Black Bane community, I'm here to talk about it and I'm here to, you know, listen to all sides of whatever argument there is to have and give my own um, opinion on everything. So yeah, I want to wish you the best of luck. Obviously, you've got me behind you. Um, You guys know where to follow me. It's a Bane's life on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can email me on it's a life at gmail.com. So yeah, get in, 
Um, there's a Dilemmas episode coming out soon, people, so get your Dilemmas on. Some of you are on crud with the stuff you're sending and pretending me. <laughs> you lot just need God. That's, I'll be honest, some of you just need God. <laughs> but some of the Dilemmas I've been sent on, just mad. Watch out for that episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but um, until then, guys, much love. Remember, all black lives matter. All of them irrespective of what they are individually, they all matter. And if we lose anybody, we need to mash the place up. We need to stop the floor. We need to shout and say, no, 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 this is not okay. Irrespective of what that individual is, nobody, nobody in our community needs to die any further from this. We need to stick together and fight this good fight together. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And obviously stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. Bye.